All right, here we go. Let's do this thing. You ready to do this thing? I'm ready. If I'm ready, you ready. If you ready, I'm ready. All right, let's get started then. Here we go in five, four, three, two, one. Yo, 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 welcome to the Soul Greatness Podcast, where we help you tune into your soul so that you can elevate your greatness. I'm your host, Romeo Marquez Jr., and I'm super duper excited to share with you my special guest today, my good friend, my brother from another mother, my soul brother. His name is Demo Casanova. So Demo Casanova went from life as a teenage gang member growing up on the streets of Miami to becoming at age 26 one of the most sought after recording mixing engineers in the music industry. He's worked with superstars such as Madonna, Jay-Z, Rihanna, Timberland, Justin Timberlake, Jamie Foxx, Beyonce, and many, many more. As a recording mixing engineer and producer, Demo has been credited on over 50 million records sold, has consulted on music award shows, including the Grammys and Billboard Music Awards. He has received numerous Grammy nominations, has won a Latin Grammy Award, and helped produce Madonna's Emmy-nominated halftime Super Bowl show. Demo is also an international life strategist and peak performance coach, a certified Jack Canfield methodology trainer, a platinum speaker mentored by Les Brown, a master level hypnotist and NLP master practitioner, and is also mentored by living legend himself, Bob Proctor. So without further ado, let's welcome Demo Casanova. Yo, what's up, Demo? Thank you so much for being a part of this episode on the Soul Greatness Podcast. It is a gift and an honor to always be in your presence because you always vibe with them. Uh, feel good now kind of energy. Mm, you already know, brother. So good to be here. God, I feel so much greatness right now. Just coming through the call. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, me and Demo connected at a Jack Canfield event, uh, Breakthrough to Success, and we were helping the, helping each other at the sound table. And yeah. uh, just instantly, we just built this connection, this brotherhood, this fellowship, and it was like effortless. It was just like, how can I help? How can I support? <laughs> it was just us doing us. And obviously we had deeper conversations and I felt it was important for the world to hear, you know, part of your story and all the great things you've done in the place of love, in the place of light and service. So um, let's just talk about how you got from where you were to where you are now. Like, where did it all start with you doing the music and all that goodness? Uh, for some of you that don't know, um, you know, I was like most kids. I was an athlete when I was in high school, and I decided that, you know, I, I wanted to grow up? in life. South Florida, Miami. Got it. Yeah. So I went to all Christian boys high school, and, um, man, I just decided I wanted to do something else in life that was grander. So, of course, like most kids at that age, you don't know what to do. You go to college. I went to college for two years at um, Santa Fe Community College up in um, Gainesville. That wasn't really working out. Um so I decided, you know what, I'm going to go back to my roots. See, when I was younger, I was a DJ. So I decided I'm going to go to music school. So I found this music school in Winter Park, Florida called Full Sail. And I went. So signed up. Fast track 13 months later. Landed my dream job right out of the gate at the Hit Factory Criteria in Miami. One of the greatest recording studios ever in the history of recording studios. And, man, I started from the ground up, man. You know, started doing all the things people didn't want to do. You know, running food. I, was, man, I, I did every job at that studio, man. Carpenter painter, uh, babysitter, <laughs> whatever they needed, I would do it. And it paid off because after a year, I started, I met Missy Elliott. 
and then Missy Elliott gave me my first gig as an engineer. And from there, it it just transformed into this magical ride. I never really thought I was going to be in music for a crazy long time when I started. I just thought, I, I'm going to go on a detour for a bit and see. But then the more I got in it, the more I got passionate about it. And the more um, I saw that there was something in me that just burned, like, I needed to do this. So fast forward from Missy, I worked with Ja Rule, I worked with the Cranberries, a bunch of other great artists, and eventually met Timbaland. And me and Timbaland became thick as Steve's, man. We was working, God, me and Timbaland were together until about 2015, we had still been working together. And during that time, we worked with everybody from, God, North Title, Justin Timberlake, Madonna, uh, 50 Cent, Rihanna, Katy Perry. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. And... It was just like a blur, man. You know, one day I'm just like a kid trying to go out there, hustle, make it. Next thing I know, it's like I've accumulated all these accolades, all this good amount of wealth at a young age. And I was really on, on, I was riding, man. I was on top of the world. I was married, beautiful wife, uh, living, just living the dream. And something in me said, God, how, how, how did I get here? You know, like, how, how did this happen to me? Like, there's a lot of people that were talented <laughs> at school, but how did this happen to me? Right. So during the process of that is when I started getting into more of self-development, trying to understand the principles of success. And at the same time, about 10 years into my career is when I started opening up this new career that has now become my life's work, which is teaching people, teaching people the principles of success and helping people how to get from where they are to where they, where they want to get to. So it's been quite a ride, man, because at the same time, it's like I've been in parallel worlds. You know, living in, in the entertainment industry is is just different from most people's reality. But then I go from that to everyday people's reality. I'm like, yo, man, I'm stuck. I need to get out. What do we do? How do I get out Different of dimensions like, and you're stuck in between. Dimension. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've been studying a lot of Abraham Hicks lately. And <laughs> Abraham always talking about vibrations and dimensions. Oh, yeah. and, and the vortexes and such. And the vortex. So it's sometimes when I, I sit there, I'm like, I'm in my house. I'm like, man, I'm cool. But then within like an hour or two, I'm somewhere else and I'm looking. Or, or just like even like Thursday, I'm going to be in Brazil just sitting there going like, yo, how did I really get here? Yeah, I got here by an airplane and now here I am. But like, yo, how did I really get here? <laughs> it's, it's trippy, man. We're all in the vortex. So shout out to Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> Right on. So, you know, being in the studio, working with these amazing people, you know, yeah. when people hear that hit song and, you know, obviously they love it, they're dancing in the club or in their car mm -hmm. or in their house, but I don't think people realize what it really takes to hit, make that hit. So that said, what does it take to you create want the recipe that? right here? Oh, man, I want give the me the recipe right here. I'll give y'all the recipe right here. Look, I'll, I'll tell you what, what it is. In 2002 to 2005, me and Timbaland, in those three years, spent an average of 355 days with each other every every one of those years. So we were roughly, you know, give or take 10 days off in those three years. Wow. And within those three years, we all those 355 days, minus maybe one or two, we were in in the studio working. Wow. And we're not we're we're talking about not your basic eight hour shifts. We're talking about, you know, 10 to 12. Sometimes we would just sleep there because we just, we got so inspired. The trick for us was that we were always doing it. Now, mind you, during those times, this is what people don't know. Everybody I, we worked with, they would always say the same thing to me. They're like, for one, you're very talented, man. You got a lot of, you got a lot of grit. You got, 
you're really gonna be somebody, but you gotta get away from this from this guy. This, this dude is a hashman. He's washed up, and he, you know, he, 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 he you could do better than him. In my mind, I'm like, yo, this is Timberland. First of all, so you're crazy, uh-huh. and second of all, no, I'm gonna stick with what I'm doing. But you know, after after a year or two, you would think that a person would start getting doubtful. Like, man, maybe this thing ain't gonna pop off because the only thing that we did that worked during that time was dirt off your shoulders, and um, we did an LL Cool J album with that song "Heads From." You know, mm-hmm. if you remember that. Heads from. Heads from. That's the jam, boy. <laughs> so. But we didn't have a lot of things going on. And, but we kept working at it because we knew we had something. Like, we knew the stuff we were making was incredible, but no one else did. Now, during that time, Timbaland would make probably on the average maybe like six beats a, six beats a night that were really good. I'd probably make like two. So, mm-hmm. you know, on a good day, we made 12. So let's say we averaged out about 10. So 10 a day for 355 day. days? Yeah, times three. <laughs> so we had we, we we got so good at creating styles and sounds because that's all we would do. And now meanwhile, when we would get stuck, because that happens when you get creative, sometimes you get stuck. When we would get stuck, Timberland would go to Tower Records, Tower Records was still around, and he would buy out the inter- international section. I'm not talking about like buy like 20 CDs. I'm talking about buy a whole section. So you're talking about a couple hundred cds that you just bring in and we would just start going through them man and just start listening to stuff and start analyzing stuff and then sampling stuff and going okay what do what do we oh let's try that let's do this so we experimented we kept we kept working on our craft and man 2005 came in and it broke loose you know we did uh nelly's album loose which took off then we went and did justin timberlake shoot the sex love sound which took off we went on tour with justin then we came with timberlake's album shock valley and then it was just like boom 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 it, it just did not stop because that's usually what happens with success i find and i think that's the secret to hits people think it's just like yo you just make a song and it's a hit that's not really how it works you can get to a point where you can recognize that this has a potential to be it but you don't really know what it's going to do once you leave your hands um, that really just depends with the people you're surrounded with. Right. But the, in anything to get a hit in life, it's the same recipe, man. You just stick to it. You be, you got to be persistent, no matter what anybody tells you, which is what we were doing. And people, even when people were telling me, "Get out, get out of here, don't mess with this dude," I'm like, man, I'm sticking with it. So that stickability is extremely important. Understanding that there's going to be some bumps in the road, it's going to be difficult. But the bigger something is, like a bigger uh, plan is or a goal is or the bigger you want to make a hit record, whatever it is, those things take time. They take time to manifest and and you got to put time into that. So we, you know, we put almost a thousand thousand days worth of, of effort. And that we were way over the ten thousand hour mark. So right. like we I'm just making in days. I mean hours I couldn't even tell you. We, we were crushing that. I crushed the ten thousand hour mark in the first two years of my career. Like we were <laughs> <laughs> it's like it was actually funny how many hours we put in. So putting in the hours helps, but also just the research, studying, getting better at your craft. Like those are things you gotta do. So balancing those two out, man, no matter what, eventually you're gonna get a hit. So yeah. Get a hit. I think what you you, you point out 
pointed out a lot of things. Uh, and just referring back to what we were talking about earlier, you were, you and Timberland were creating that vortex, creating that energy yeah. without calling it that. In other words, yeah. it was just grinding, just like hitting it every day. And even when awesome, it man. didn't feel right or it weren't inspired, you were still in that energy and would go to uh, another environment to get inspired so that you can retrain or reignite that fire or whatnot. So, yeah, you know, I, I, this is the thing. Most people when they hear persistence, they just think you got to keep beating, beating down at the paint. You know, you just got to keep beating down the rock, even when you're exhausted. And I don't look at persistence like that. I look at persistence and not taking your eye off the ball. What I do, which I, I think it's what keeps me sane is like, if I'm doing something and it just doesn't feel right, that's why I teach um, emotional intelligence to feel good now is when something doesn't feel right, I don't, push through that you know i don't do that unless it's like a life and death emergency you know like you're on a mountain or something you got to push through it but in everyday life like for instance the days that we just didn't want to make music we didn't just say okay we got to make 10 beats today that's not really how it worked we went and did something else that we wanted to do yo let's just listen to some dope music and see what's going on yo let's go to the club and see what's important let's go to a show and see what's going so i think persistence is just sticking within the frame of what you're doing and then moving through it Mm-hmm. Because it's like anything, man. It's like a long journey. It's not a straight shot. Even though that's the fastest route, it's never really like that. So I think you just got to have some fluidity. You got to be like water. Be Most like, people want to be like, like Bruce Lee, be like water, yeah, my like friend. Water. You got to be like water. You know? <laughs> so, yes, think about that. <laughs> Amen. So I'm I'm a big fan of a lot of the people you worked with. One person that sticks out to me, other than Demo himself, is uh, Jay Z. What was it like yeah. working with Jay Z? And oh. what what separates him from the rest of the uh, world? There's, there's, there's a lot that separates him from the rest of the world. Um, man, Jay Z is probably one of the most positive people I've ever met. Hmm. Most people don't don't they don't really know that about him. Like, he doesn't allow negativity to sit around him. Mm. Like, if, if people are having a negative – I've never seen him do this, but I heard of him doing this. And people are having a negative comment. He'll just get up and get out. <laughs> he don't even entertain that stuff. Um, so important. He is, yeah, that man, just goes into the power of thoughts and not being around that energy. No, man. No, I mean, everybody that I've been – when I've been around him, everybody that he's had around him have been pretty some amazing people, so – I think what makes Jay-Z so incredible is besides the fact that he's been the top of his game for, God, I've lost count already how many years, almost two and a half, de- almost three decades now, really. Um, well, I'll give you my first my first meeting with Jay-Z. When I first met Jay-Z, I didn't know, I, I knew a little bit of how he worked, but I, to that point, I had never seen anybody online. I did see one person, but I'd never seen a rapper actually go in and not write anything down. Like I was so used to people writing things down, especially I worked with Missy, so she always used to write. So seeing Jay-Z sit there and walk around a room and just like be like whispering things to himself and you would catch a glimpse of something like, oh, wow, that's dope. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he would go in the booth and do an entire song. Like I saw him do songs in 15 minutes, man. Wow. Like it was incredible, incredible to watch. That's but the crazy. thing that really separated him from everybody else, mind you, the point when I met Jay-Z, I had worked with him substantial amount. I'd say about like 15, 20 major artists to that point. You know, assisting one-day sessions here, you know, a couple days here. 
I worked with a lot of rappers at that point. Like who? Um, man, Ja Rule. Did, oh, yeah. like, I, I did a bunch of stuff with Ja Rule at that point. I uh, worked with some stuff with Fabulous. Uh, Jada Kiss I did some stuff with. Um, Nelly, rapper Nelly. <laughs> like right. I, I, I actually assisted on, on his second album, man, which was oh, pretty wow. awesome. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. So here comes Jay-Z. And as soon as Jay-Z walks in, he walks into everybody in the room and introduces himself. Like everybody, like we all know who you are. He walks up to me, the the other intern, all these people in there, and they're just like, "Yo, hi, I'm Jay Z. Nice to meet you." Wow. I'm like, "What the heck?" <laughs> so it, it it's things the, like the that. simple things, right? The yeah, smallest it's the things. Simple, it's the simple things. It's the simple things that make it make him just a unique human being. And um, his his creative process, like he doesn't. It's so funny because Beyonce is kind of the opposite of this. And, and this is why I think they, they make some incredible music together. Beyonce is very much about like detail, 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 and everything being pristine. And Jay's <laughs> very much about everything just being organic and kind of rough around the edges. So working with, watching them work, it um, it's quite amazing how that just fills in from a creative standpoint. But Jay's always been very much like that. He just kind of is just, Whatever happens that day tries to capture it, and then that's what it is. It's just a moment in time. So there's a record called, there's a record on Magna Carta where it's him and Nas, and you can hear in the beginning before his verse comes in, he's like, Yo, I, I gotta let my jewelry hang. You can hear the jewelry kind of like, <laughs> you can hear his jewelry wrangling. Now, Usually we would take that out when we recorded because you don't want to hear that really. But he's like, no, no, you got to leave that in. You got to leave that in. Like, Keep it organic. Yeah, like if you listen to Magna Carta, a lot of the verses, like there's little hiccups and little things that he does that aren't really polished. But he's like, yo, that's what makes it dope. It's like, that's my, my natural take. I ate the word. I swallowed this because I was catching my breath. And it's that's, that's Jay-Z, man. Wow. <laughs> just being in flow. That's what I, I, I'm taking yeah, away from yeah, Jay-Z. Yeah, yeah. Just being oh, in flow man. and not judging it. Dude, he is the king of flow. No pun intended, because that boy's a rap. But he is the king of flow, man. He just flows, man. He's like, he definitely moves like water. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. All right. No doubt. How about Justin Timberlake? What was it like working with him? He's he's another flow master. I spent a lot more time with Justin because I, I was on the road with Justin. Um, and, man, I, I, I have Justin near and dear to my heart, man. He's, he's just an amazing human being. And just like Jay Z, though he doesn't write anything down. Really? But no, nah, Justin doesn't do nothing. Writes nothing down. Wow. Nothing. He just comes up with that stuff on the spot, man. Just being in the moment. Not yeah, just, just being in the moment. Trusting it. it. It goes. Yeah. Wow. Um, I learned a lot watching Justin because Justin's a hustler, man, in, in his own right. You know, we, me and Timberland, when we were when we were on the road with him, we were still working, doing sessions. So we'd do our night gig with him, which is go do the tour. But then during the day, we work in the studio. Mm -hmm. Justin would always just pop up. Hey, what are you guys doing? Hey, you guys need a hook? Like, who's gonna say no to a hook? Justin Timberlake. So a lot, a lot, a lot of those records, like that you heard during that time period where Justin was singing those hooks, he wrote a lot of stuff during that time period. People don't what know year because was he was this? just. This was right. like between, I would say. Oh six all the way to oh nine. Oh wow! So those three years, a lot of the stuff we were doing with 
that we were working on, Timbaland and myself, Dustin was a major part of it because he would just show up. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it turned into a little, it, it turned into, man, for a while there, we just, we just had it figured out. We just had it figured out. We had, people called it Midas Touch. We just had the combination. We had everything going and then, you know, you ride it for as long as you can, but nothing in life is forever, you know? So mm. things are impermanent. They change and things changed and it went, music went in a different direction. Electronic music started taking off. So right. sounds changed, which is the beauty of everything that it doesn't stay the same because that thing would be boring. Yeah. <laughs> Who would be one other person that you said you would say you appreciate working with and what would, what separates them? from other people well everybody knows my who my favorite i always say it i never speak nothing and, and they can say what i want my favorite is madonna she's the, she to me she's the greatest artist ever why um um well i'm a bit biased because um it's twofold for me one because not only have i learned a lot from a musical standpoint from watching her and learning from her because she people think they don't really realize man she is she produces all her records you know, not only does she write them, she sings them, she performs them, but she produces those those albums. So I've learned a lot. I, to be honest with you, I probably learned just as much from her as I learned from Timberland, from a producer and what how to make pop music. Because me and Timberland kind of figured out pop, and we molded kind of pop to what we were doing, where she's always been the staple of pop, mm -hmm. and she's pretty much just been a trendsetter for her entire career. So that part of it, and I learned a lot about being just a human being, you know, like when I met her, she was studying the Quran. I'm like, wow, are you studying the Quran? She's like, yeah, no, I'm studying, you know, learning and trying to learn. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. I thought you just studied Kabbalah. So I got into reading the Quran, which is just, you know, just so much knowledge in that, in, in that book. And then she'd be, I'd always try to read whatever she was reading. So if I'd try, what, what are you reading now? <laughs> yeah, I'm reading this. Okay, shoot, I'll check that out. And, um, Learned a lot too about the importance of contribution, mm. of being able to give back. Like people have no idea, man. They just see the performer and the artist, and that's right. They, they. A lot of people want to demonize her as well, but if they knew all the stuff that she does and what she contributes and how many people she helps, it, it's impossible to look at anyone that helps that many people as anything much than an amazing human being. So yeah, man. That's she's she's been great. I was fortunate enough. I've done four records with her. Wow. Um, I wish I could have done this new one she was working on. <laughs> she uh, she has a new one coming out soon. So from what I hear, it's uh, incredible. I haven't heard it yet, but I'm, I'm sure it's just fire. top notch. But yeah, it's fire, man. She, she's just an unbelievable human being. So I'm, I feel fortunate any time I, I can be around her because I always learn so much. And, and, you know, I take that from a, lot, from a lot of people, not just her. Like I learn a lot from Jay-Z every time I'm around him, mm -hmm. Justin as well. Mm -hmm. I've been fortunate enough, most of the artists I've worked with I would say 85% of them are very conscious mm. and, and know the impact of their starhood and what they can contribute. So, um, and when yeah, you say it, conscious, just yeah. uh, re-educate and reignite that uh, sole purpose with people. When you say conscious, what do you mean? Conscious in that they know that they have the ability to make an impact in one form or another outside of their talent, skills, and attributes. So that they're conscious to know that, wait, I, I can go and make a difference in someone's life or make it, in, in, their, in a lot of the cases with these artists, is villages and, and communities in general. Like, 
Madonna supports our entire community in, in Malawi. You know, Jay-Z has had massive water projects that have, have changed communities forever. Um, you know, even Timbaland himself after Katrina, man, I mean, they rented an entire truckload of toys to bring the children. Like, these are things that are just, um, I believe they're in the, in the core of a human being. And every human being has that, but I don't think a lot of people express that. And it's incredible to have been around artists that have been been able to do that, you know? Yeah. So <clears throat> collectively with all these artists and two decades of work, I know there are many success traits. Yeah. What would you say are the top three? From the artists I work with, the sure. top three, I would give you the top three from the artists I work with. Then I'll give you the, the general yep. that I found. The top three is I, I mentioned it already is persistence. Just not 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 going off the track here. Just staying with it at all times. Uh, goals, actually having goals, like sitting there and saying, "I want this album to at least get to this thing," but I want to perform these events and I want to do a tour that does X, Y, Z. This is what I want for this album. Or for this song, I wanted to go on radio, I wanted to do this, and I wanted to win the Grammy. Whatever it may be, is having actually directives. Not just doing things just to do them, but having a purpose for why they're being done. They're, they have clarity in, on what they want to achieve. Yeah, exactly. Clarity on what you want to achieve. Persistence to keep going. And I would say probably um, reject the idea of, of, of fear of failure. Mm. For the artists that I've worked with. Mm -hmm. Um, there have been a lot of projects that I've been on that have been very ambitious, like Jay-Z selling a million albums before the album even coming out. You know, that had never been done before. Uh, Madonna at the time, we were going for this biggest Super Bowl performance ever, audience-wise. It's like 420 million or something. It was just something ridiculous. I can't remember what it was, but it was a lot of people. I might have overshot that, but... Uh, at the time when we did it, it was. She, I remember her saying that, like, I want this to be the biggest Super Bowl audience ever. And I remember thinking, like, whoa, mm -hmm. that's a lot of. That's a lot. Of, I knew I didn't know what the number was, but I knew that was a lot of people. <laughs> and uh, we accomplished that. Um, what's another? Timbaland saying, "Yo, man, I want to have, you know, the number one record in the country, and potentially in the world, and doing that." Like Timbaland before that, you know. Timbaland's albums didn't sell a lot. So mm -hmm. for us to go and be able to do that and then have like six number ones on that album, that was a big, massive goal. Mm -hmm. And I remember him say, I, I remember watching Timbaland when he was, you know, Timbaland when I met him, man, was like a sandwich short of 350 pounds. Like he was a big dude. Mm -hmm. And one Christmas, I, he just looked at me. He just says, God, man, I'm sick of this, man. I'm sick of not being able to breathe. I'm sick of my clothes not fitting me. I'm sick of people making fun of me. And I, I'm gonna lose all this weight, and I'm gonna go into bodybuilding. And I remember going, "Come on, man. bodybuilder! Like, come on, man! Just say you want to lose the weight and look good. Like, you want to be a bodybuilder, dude?" And I watched him compete in a bodybuilding competition. Like, he ended up losing 200 some plus pounds. Wow! He's been in phenomenal shape. He's gone up and down a little bit, but for the most part, he's kept it off. And I watched him walk and do a bodybuilding into a bodybuilding competition. Like I, I remember that that seeing that. I remember going, God, Lee, you really, if you really set your mind to something, you can really do it. Right. And you know that that's a that's a lot of fear that when you set goals that big that come about. 
but just put it aside. You know, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. They just put it aside. Say, no, fuck that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna entertain that. So, I'm what would this. you advise those people? And from your personal experience, when fear does kick in, or doubt, you know, shows up, and it's like, I don't know. I have this big goal. I have this big dream, but I don't know if I could do it. Oh, just you know, that's what I do, man. It, it happens to everybody. When it happens to me, whenever I feel something like that. I get in the front of a mirror. I've, I've been doing this for years and I don't know where I picked it up from, but I'm glad I did. Every time I'm feeling, especially fear, I don't do it for all emotions that I, I would say negative emotions, but when I feel fear is the one I, I get in front of the mirror. And I get in front of the mirror and I just get eye to eye with myself. And I said, okay, what's really the problem here? The first time I went to climb a mountain, for some of you that don't know, high altitude mountaineering is, is one of my, my passions and one of my hobbies. So um, the first time I did one, I was scared, man. I was like, Sue, what am I really getting myself into? And I got in front of the mirror, and, I, and this is how the conversation went. And I said, okay, well, what's really the problem here, Demo? Okay, what's really the problem? What's really the problem? Uh, man, I'm scared I'm going to die. No, okay, but for real, what, what are you really scared of? Well, okay, I'm scared that something may go wrong. Okay. And then I just kept doing that process. And I kept airing, putting the things out there. I'm scared that, you know, a guy might die and I have a daughter and she's going to have to grow up without a dad or grow up, you know, knowing that her dad killed, died. And, and then, okay, well, what else? What else? Um, I'm scared that, you know, blah, 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 blah. Just start going through all those processes, maybe like 10 or so that I went through. So literally with my hands, I grab them in front of me and I move them away from my sight. So I move them to my right. Boom. And I say, okay, here's fear to my right. So when I look to my right, I know fear is here. Fear's here to my right. Boom, fear stay here. Now I go back and I look at myself in the mirror and I say, okay, so now we got that out of the way. What's all the great things that can happen? I say, damn, it's going to be a, I could have a life-changing experience. Great. What else? Um, man, I can inspire other people that have always wanted to do that. What else? Uh, man, I get a hell of a good workout. Yeah, what else? And then I put those things there and I look them and I sit there and I sit in them and I look at them and they're right in front of me because they've come out of my mouth. And then I grab them and I move them to the left. And I say, here's great. Great is here to my left. So we know fierce to the right, great is to my left. So now let's look at this thing from a neutral place. Because every situation, the reality is, it's neither good nor bad. Your thinking makes it so. When you look That's at That's a powerful thought right there. Say that again. Yeah. Yeah, I said everything everything that happens in your life, it's neither good nor bad. It's your thinking that makes it so. And some of you could say, you can call, I'm not going to curse, but you can say it's BS. Say that's BS. There's no way. But if you think back in your life, there was a time when something happened when you thought it was a calamity. Like this is the worst thing that could happen in my life. And at the same time, there was somebody else. Oh, my God, I got, I'm getting divorced. Oh, my, 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 my man is leaving me. My spouse is leaving me. Oh, my girl just left me. And you think it's bad, but your homeboy or homegirl says, are you kidding me? It's the best thing that can happen to you. Now you can go find a real man. That man was a deadbeat. Or just the best thing that can happen to you, man. That girl was dragging you down. You was always the best. And you were sitting there going, nah, man, this is terrible. This is terrible. This is, this is terrible. Or, you know, let's just change it to something else. Like, you lose your job. And then, you know, you come home. And you tell your spouse, you know, I lost my job. And your spouse is going, whoa, that's, that's major. How do you feel? God, I, I feel so bad about this. 
feel so bad. What are we gonna do now? I don't, I don't have, you know, I got no, we got no money coming in. We don't got this. And your spouse says, you know, actually, this is a good thing because you hate that job. You always been miserable. Now you can sit home. You can take care of the house. You can take care of the kids. I can so go start work. a new business or whatever. Start a be. new business. You can do all these great things. So nothing is ever good or bad, and that's the reality. It just is. A situation just is what it is. You got to accept that. Right. It's your thinking that makes it good or bad. So just like you can look at a situation bad, you can look at it as good. Right. So just like fear, when fear pops up, you can move fear to the side. You know, I like to get it out. Right, right, right. Just doing, I like to just say it, just say it, just put it out there. It's there. Okay, now now we know. It's clear. I heard it. I know this is what I'm scared of. I'm not thinking of it. I heard it. Okay, I'm scared of it. Boom, here it is. Okay, but that's that. So if, if I'm looking at it from that way, that means I can look at it from another way. So what are the great things? Say all the great things. And put it out. Then once that's all cleared, now it's the reality of the situation. The situation just is, man. I'm going to climb this mountain. This is what it's going to be. And that's it. <laughs> and I'm going to make the best of it. There's going to be times I'm going to be scared. There's going to be times I'm not. And it just is what it is. Right. But when fear comes up, um, the best acronym, I've heard a lot of acronyms. The one I like to use is, is right. fear is a fantasized event that appears real. Right. I love that because when fear comes about, it comes up internally in your mind. Like you're thinking of that. So you, whether you know it or not, are creating a fantasized event. You're creating a picture that is just scaring the hell out of you. Mm -hmm. So you can create another picture that excites you. Mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just a mental exercise. It's not that difficult to get around fear. It's not saying that it's, it's – I don't just ignore fear because I believe that there's something in there that's probably telling you, yo, man, you know what? maybe train a little harder for that mountain, you know, just in case, or, you know, put a couple extra hours into the gym just to make sure, you know, like mm -hmm. be, make sure you're prepared. Mm -hmm. I just don't let fear. And I find a lot of su successful people, they just don't let fear run the course of their life. Mm -hmm. They look at it more as like somebody in the backseat. That's just more like a, a healthy, a wise critic that's saying, yo, you know, this could happen, right? You know, <laughs> there's some stuff that could go down if you're not prepared for this. Or, you know, be aware because you're going in there. So, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to go climb a mountain. Like, you know, you could die from this. So you got to make sure you're prepared. Like, okay, cool. Thank you very much. Right. But that's it. You know, that's it. So I would tell everyone, try that little exercise. When something just happens to say, okay, this is what I'm scared of. Put it to the right. Right. What's great? Put it to the left. Now, the situation is the situation. Do I want to do it or not? Right. Most of the time, you find, hell yeah, I want to do it. Right. So then go do it. Then yeah. go do it. Just like that. Amen. Just like that. All right. So, gotta, you got to keep things simple around here. Right? Yeah, you know, keep it simple. Just keep, keep it simple. simple. Keep it simple. Be in flow, be present, and not, you know, uh, overwhelm yourself with unnecessary things or thoughts that don't even exist yeah stop that because the thoughts that exist are the ones that you create <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty much <laughs> sums it up right there folks yeah Thank you. good night <laughs> so you know you 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 were working on a lot of different things and mm -hmm. there's that thing called balance how do you approach balance and i'm also curious to know about um your morning routine beyond difficulties I've had with balance. I had, people have seen most of the success I had and say, wow, this guy has really done it. But it, it was out of complete, out of balance. All I did was focus. I spent 355 days with Tim Allen. That's, that's, there's no balance in there. Mm -hmm. Early on in my career, 
I gathered all this success. This is how I came to understand balance mm. because at the height of one would say of my first run in music, you know, having tons of money, living an amazing life, married, beautiful home, traveling the world, all this. Um, I fell into a deep state of depression where it almost cost me my life where I almost, um, almost literally committed suicide. That really woke me up to understanding that this, this, I'm not doing something right here. I need to work on, on more me than working on all these external things. Mm-hmm. So I started going down that journey. And what I, I found is that balance really comes from understanding what your priorities in your life are and what it is that you want out of your life. Mm-hmm. The way I have found balance is actually not very right brain is very left brain which is schedule balance <laughs> so that's how i find balance is i schedule it i got my calendar and in my calendar there's certain blocks of time where i schedule certain things so in the morning first hour of my morning now i've, I've changed it up recently but the first hour of my morning now is my spiritual hour i call it so i meditate during that hour i practice gratitude so this is kind of my morning routine mm-hmm. um I meditate now first thing in the morning. I used to do it in the evening, but uh, after speaking to some um, experienced meditators, they're like, hey, you should really switch it to the morning because in the morning you got less going on in your mind. Right. In the evening, it just, you're just working harder. Right. Like, oh, that, that makes sense. So I've switched it to the morning. So I, I meditate first thing in the morning. I, you know, If I can, I put in 20, 25 minutes. If it's, I don't have much going on that day, I'll even do an hour. But, I do that, and then I spend probably about 20 minutes in gratitude. I got these beads that I go through, and there's 188 beads, and I just come up wow. with 188 things that I'm, I'm grateful for. By the time I get to about 100, um, you feel it. You, you just start, you can feel the shift. You want to get to the shift. And what the shift is, is get to the shift. I like yeah, you that. Yeah, you got you to get, get to the shift. The shift comes when you just all of a sudden, for most people, they'll, you'll get tears. Uh, Rhonda Bynes, the woman who wrote the author of The Secret, mm-hmm. said that every day she would leave her house until she was in tears of gratitude. Mm-hmm. So that went on to be a worldwide phenomenon. Yeah. So I follow that premise mm-hmm. a little bit, which is just I, I just find a shift. I, I don't always get teared up, but I definitely you feel it feel emotionally it. where you're like, man, you know, man, I'm, I'm just lucky. I'm lucky and blessed to be able to wake up today. Mm-hmm. Today, there's a lot of people that didn't wake up today. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people that their last day was yesterday and mm-hmm. we're still here. Mm-hmm. So I go from that place. And then after that, uh, do a quick little stretch, mm-hmm. something like that to get my body kind of flowing. Something physical. Uh-huh. Something physical and then read. So I go write all the things that I would most likely see all these things I used to do later in the day. And I found that I would skip them here and there. So I just made them the most important thing in the day because I was like, okay, this is important for my balance. I need to do this. So my first block of the day is from six to nine. And that's when I do most of my stuff, which is reading, studying things that I, that empower me, make me feel good things that um, are educating me. So that's what I do in the first hour of the day. And then the second block of my day is my health block, which is from 10 to 12 which is when I go to the gym, I work out, I go ride bike, any outdoor activities, I do it during that time period. Then I take about an hour break, eat something at that point, and then from one to five, that's when I work on my, I call my career block. 
which is my legacy block, uh, my contribution block. So that's when I'm working on courses that I'm teaching, getting ready for these talks that I'm doing. That's that's when I work on every day. So, you know, I'm doing this now. This would be my the end of my I already worked out, but this is my end of my workout block. But from one to five, that's what I work on a day. I work on all the talks I'm gonna give, work on the presentations, what they'll look like. And then depending how that goes from six to seven thirty, I have a new business that I started that's in financial services actually. So I, I, I put an hour a day into that business. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's a part-time thing for me right now, but it's something I'm really passionate about helping people um, save and make money for retirement. So I, I spend an hour doing some reading, studying and preparing for that part of it. Mm-hmm. And then the evening all the evenings, cause I'm more of a night person. That's my fun time. Mm-hmm. So I'll go to different things. And like last night I went to dance classes. So I'll go to dance classes. Uh, tonight I'm going uh, I'm salsa, nice. salsa, yeah, salsa is what I'm doing right now. But I took a uh, hustle, hustle class two weeks ago, which <laughs> nice. is like disco. Yeah, that took was fun, man. <laughs> fun. I've, I've always, I've never, you know, a lot of people hate on disco. I've, I've always kind of liked it. I always thought it was, uh, I always liked it. You know, I like the BGs and, <laughs> and that thing. So it was, it was fun to actually go and learn the dances. But mm-hmm. so just things that are fun for me. That's my own personal time. Mm-hmm. I do it in the evening because it's, you know, works for you. Time I feel, yeah, it just works for me. And that's what I do. Now, some people be like, man, that sounds very rigid and, and strict. Yeah, it, it is. It takes a bit of discipline to do that. Now, is there days that I, I might skip a block? Yeah, if there's a day that, you know, I, something comes up. Sure, like today I didn't work out for two hours. I worked out for 30 minutes. Right. You know, because I knew I was going to do this with you. And this is, this was very important for me. And, so you know you, you adjust, but for the right. most part, I have I have guidelines to keep me yep. within. So if, if something is out of balance and I'm not feeling good health wise, I know okay, well shoot, of course not. Mm-hmm. I've been slacking on my health block. Let me get mm-hmm. back to it. So it's a good reference point to start. So block time is what I call it. You know, get get some block time. Pull yeah. out your schedule yep. and lock in the time. Right. Like if I it's a priority, you. schedule it. Yeah. If it's really a priority or of great value in your life, schedule it. Right. Yeah, I heard I heard Tony Robbins say that once. It's not real till you schedule it. And I was like, oh snap! Yeah. <laughs> True <laughs> so he's story. Right. He's right. Because there are times where you just it. don't feel like, it. and if you don't feel like it, you're not gonna do it. But if you actually schedule it, it becomes more you real. Yeah, you right. gotta do it. And I think what also you said uh, that was real. That's really important for people to hear is uh, not only do you do things that fill you up uh, spiritually, uh, physically, emotionally, and obviously from a professional standpoint but in the nighttime you carved out time to do things that bring you joy like and it doesn't have to just be one thing it was for you it's like multiple things from taking a class language class or uh different dance classes or just anything that fulfills you um and it could be something as simple for other people as just taking a epsom salt bath it could be just going on a walk or it could be something which where they teach yoga or take a yoga class. I don't know. Whatever it is, I think I mean, get, or get a, you get a yoga certification course, man. Yeah, like, you know, there's so many, so many wonderful. Yeah, yeah, something that fulfills you absolutely. Um, I would, I would tell anybody listening if you're like, man, that sounds pretty cool. I think I like to do that. Just sit down after this and just make a list of thirty things that not things that would be necessarily on your bucket list. They can be, but 30 things that you've always thought about that might be something small. You're like, yeah, I've always wanted to do that. Like I've always wanted to take a dance class. Okay. I've always wanted to take an art class. I've never, you know, I've, I've always wanted to take some continuing education, like learn to cook cooking class. That's right. a, that. Now that listen, 
if there's couples listening to this, I'm going to tell you right now, there's two things that I would highly recommend. One is dance <laughs> class because you just, you know, it's just a, it's fun to be able to go out and dance. And second is a cooking class, man. That is amazing. So I made a list. My listing was, was pretty awesome. It was, um, you know, dance classes, cooking classes, art class, bartending course. I took a bartending course once. I don't even drink. <laughs> I just wanted to be able to do it. I don't even drink. I just wanted to be able to take a bartending class. Just for fun. It was for, just for fun, man. It was a great time, too. Um, improv class. Yeah. And I, I think what's also important around this is like it's really expanding – to new heights, it's expanding to new levels of your soul uh, and greatness. Um, so, and who knows, one might stick and go, "Wow, I didn't think I was gonna be into it, but dang, I love this, and yeah, I'm gonna teach yeah. other people this." Yeah, there's there's a lot of great things. So make a list. Listen, you got to do things fun for yourself. If you don't do it, what? You just gonna stay home and watch TV? Like that stuff is cool, but after a while, and you listen, I know people have watched everything on Netflix. I'm like, why are you still watching it? Like, just take a take, take, let Netflix go out and repopulate with new material for you. Like, take a month or two hiatus and go do something else. Right, right, you know, right. Go do something else. Cool, you know? man. So, check it out. Um, we'll do a, a rapid fire, you know, question and answer. You just answer the first thing that comes to mind. Cool? Mm. Cool. All right, all right, here we go. What's your favorite word? Awesome. Your least favorite word? You can't do it. Like it's a sentence. Can't. Impossible. Impossible. You can't. Yeah, I can't. 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 Can't is definitely it. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Silence. Ooh, I, I like that. I'm all about that because there's so much noise out there in the world. And it's <laughs> like you're always on the go, but just silence is key. We could go. That's a different topic, but yes. Amen a whole different topic. That's a good one, though. What turns you off? Negativity. One of your favorite quotes. You don't got to be great to get started, but you got to get started to be great. Right. With I know you've done different things professionally. Um, what would you do as a career moving forward if you had to just stick to it for the rest of your life? Speaking and teaching, what I'm doing now. Speaking and teaching, yeah. Speaking, speaking and teaching. That's what you do. That's what you do. It's, it's, you know what? It's a, it's a close tie because I would say speaking, teaching is what I, I love to do. But I, I've, I've really gotten into this um, financial services. It sounds like very boring, but the idea of helping people with their finances and understanding it, there's a contribution element where helping others to be able to better their lives that um, really is pulling me in that direction. So. But speaking and teaching is just like, man, if I had nothing else I could do, that's all I'm cool with that. Awesome. <laughs> that's what I like doing. Favorite or a book you would recommend? Jack Can't Feel Success, Christmas. And what is one song that hypes you up, that gets you in the flow of your day? That hypes me up and gets me in the flow of my day? I would say ACDC uh, Thunderstruck is probably one of my favorite. I love ACDC. I'm a big ACDC fan. So. <laughs> Beautiful. And yeah. last question, how do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as someone that made the planet better off, made it better than before I got here. Hmm. Amen. Yeah. So for those, um, you know, that are listening, where can people reach out to you? Man, Facebook, Instagram, Cas at Demo Casanova. At Demo Casanova, okay. Yeah.
Cool. Last words of advice for those that want to share their message to the world or just take their soul greatness to the next level. You have a responsibility, not only to yourself, but to the rest of us, to go out there and develop yourself and do what's unique to you and live your purpose and live your life because you only got one shot at this. Man. I, we live in a time when most people take time and say, well, I, I got so much of it. But time just keeps on ticking. And it's important that we really understand that. And most important that you understand that you never know when the day is going to come, when you're going to be called up to the next part of your everlasting travel. So, man, just do it. And when it gets hard, do it hard. But just do it. Don't allow situations, circumstances, and environment to dictate the course of your life. You have the ability to do that, to change. You have the ability to choose, and you have the most importantly, you have the ability to accomplish anything you set your mind to. Just set your mind to and do it. And remember, while you're doing that, just feel good during the process. You know, that's all that really matters, is that you feel good about it, and you keep moving towards it. Because the moment you start moving towards, you start moving towards it, it starts moving towards you. So, you know, enjoy it, man. Enjoy life. Do the best you can. And you'll be surprised. By the end of the road, you'll be like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Demo. I appreciate you. It's always a gift and, and a joy to be in your presence. And um, I look forward to connecting with you more. And good luck with your travels, brother. Yes, sir, brother. Well, I appreciate you. So greatness in the building. So greatness. Feel good now in the building. Feelgoodnow.com. All right, bro. I'll appreciate talk to you, you soon.